Broadcasting from the studios of Business Radio X, it's time for E-Commerce Connector. This show is brought to you by Polyglot Labs, driving growth and innovation in the e-commerce world. Now, here's your host, Garrett Massey. Welcome to E-Commerce Connector. I'm your host, Garrett Massey. Today, we'll be chatting with Mr. Andy Schoenberger uh, with CMP. Mr. Andy, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for inviting me, Garrett. I think this is going to be fun. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about you and tell us a little bit about CMP. Certainly, certainly. Uh, so I've been in various industries uh, in the industrial side of the world for a few decades now, uh, handling from water, uh, even started in water features and water gardens. So kind of the fun aspect of yeah. things, playing with koi fish and everything and evolved into uh, maple syrup pumping and liquids and fuel pumping and all kinds of pumps and gases and things. And, and, and now ended up in the HVAC industry. Uh, and so we are primarily in the compressor side of the world uh, that handles refrigeration and air conditioning refrigerants. And so we build and remanufacture the compressors that go into all the areas that people like to stay cool, uh, like in our uh, refrigeration for grocery stores and such for mass production of uh, chilled foods, uh, meat production, frozen foods, etc. Transit authorities as well. So everybody likes to stay cool on the uh, on the trains as they run around cities, uh, jet bridges when you're on your plane or those portable units when you're sitting on the plane on the ground. Uh, our units are in there sometimes as well. And so anywhere you can imagine, convention centers even, we have a hand in products that go into those those locations. That's really cool. And is all your work done uh, local to the Atlanta area or do you guys have facilities outside? We do. We are nationwide um, with our compressor business, as well as some slight international business. Uh, CMP consists of two primary business units, uh, one being the compressor side of the world, uh, where we primarily remanufacture. Uh, we do have a few private labels that we build for as well. And the other side in Oklahoma City is our manufacturing plant for parts. Uh, and pieces. So we utilize obviously our own manufacturing for uh, our assembly needs in Atlanta, where we do our compressors, but we also sell and ship all over the world. So we globally have a presence of uh, thousands of customers uh, that we sell pieces and parts to, along with compressors that we have uh, inventoried around the US, as well as build in Atlanta and then ship anywhere that they need to go. So it's quite a uh, international business as we keep growing every year. And it's it's quite exciting to see the, the new markets that we find and the, the new areas that have uh, cropped up, especially uh, as some of your uh, listeners may be familiar with, but uh, something we would certainly use quite a bit in this industry with e-commerce is uh, the data centers. That's a new market for us that we are starting to investigate and work closer with because you think of all the computing power and the chilling required to keep those buildings cool uh, is a huge, uh, huge need and huge demand. So we're starting to focus on that, uh, that market uh, over the coming months. That's really cool. So of um, you know, what percentage of y'all's businesses, compressors versus parts, kind of what um, international versus domestic, kind of what does that look like? Sure. 
Well, CMP has been around since 1966, um, many, many years as parts up until the early 2000s. Uh, and they started acquiring some smaller compressor companies in the Oklahoma City area. Uh, and then eventually down in Dallas, uh, acquired a, a larger company. And then eventually the biggest uh, compressor acquisition was in Atlanta, uh, about 20 I think 17, 2018, somewhere in that time frame, uh, pre-pandemic and the before times. <laughs> and uh, that led us to a mix of about half and half parts versus compressors. And so it took us uh, a number of decades to get to that point, but we were quickly able to, to kind of become that half and half. And the future vision for the company as, as we see the marketplace change and shift as other remanufacturers and other entities out there either retire and the, the, the next generation has no desire or, or no intent to stick with the, the industry or companies just decide that's that's they want to move on to something else. And so we're starting to see compressors become the primary focus of our business. But we still have our, our tried and true parts customers out there, especially globally, uh, mm -hmm. that uh, in those markets, as the economies have come back, uh, the uh, COVID restrictions have reduced, uh, those markets are starting to come back as well. And so it's certainly an interesting dichotomy, but we're predicting over the next two or three years, um, we will be, I would say, 80-20 uh, into the compressor world versus the parts yeah. side. So uh, it's going to shift drastically to the compressor side of the world very quickly. Okay. So, and the compressors are entirely remanufactured, or do you guys produce any of your own compressors? Uh, we, uh, the majority of our business is remanufactured. So kind of a, a nice recycling green aspect to our business unit that we will bring in the old cores, uh, the old materials that typically would have either end up in a scrap heap somewhere or, or gotten tossed uh, overboard. <laughs> Sometimes that happens on ships. Uh -huh. And so we, we pay for all of that uh, to get those back to our facility. And so that is a uh, a unique business uh, that we have inside of our entire operations. Uh, we're typically most manufacturing operations, as everyone's probably familiar with, is you buy raw components and you end up with a finished good on the other end. And uh, with our compressor business, we we do both. Uh, we do have a few new man units uh, that we build for some of our private label customers, uh, but the majority of our business is remanufactured. And so we're very proud of that fact of being able to take a hunk of steel, hunk of cast iron, whatever the material was, even aluminum and some of these lighter compressors and turn that back into a usable functioning uh, component that can be put back into the system and get the, the cooling system running again. Yeah. What does the process look like taking a core that you would receive from a customer or somebody that's selling to you and like, I mean, getting it to the point where you can turn around and sell it or send it back or uh, what does that process, process look like? Sure. Well, it's pretty messy. As you can imagine, these come out of a, a back room uh, of a grocery store, the roof of a building, the the nasty environmental areas that most of us civilians never get to go see in our in our normal lives. And, and the hotel would rather we see the pretty lobby and the prompt and circumstance <laughs> that they, they paid for. But uh, they do come in pretty nasty and dirty and, and we receive all of those cores into our receiving area. We decide if it's a uh, a core teardown, if we can't even use it, it just looks like there's so much rust on it. For instance, a lot of the marine compressors uh, will come mm -hmm. in and they've lost ukus of depth of, of cast iron or aluminum yeah. just because of corrosion. 
And so unfortunately, some of those are so far gone. We'll take out the components we can, uh, utilize what aspects we can of it, but have to scrap anything that's not reusable. But we do recycle all of that with the local scrap yards and such, obviously. So uh, that is a keeping it recycled and keep it uh, reused somehow into the industry. Uh, but once we get it torn down, uh, we have a multi, multi-step requalification process. And so every piece, part, and component uh, that came out of that core uh, that dirty, nasty core that can be reused, we do. And so we'll measure the pistons, we'll measure the rods, uh, we'll take the crankshaft out and run that through testing as well to make sure that is operational. Uh, and then pull uh, the crankcase itself, the actual hunk of metal that was the beginning of all of it, and test every single um, hole that's in there to proper specs. So everything that before we put it back together has been measured and confirmed to be like it was when it was an original OEM product that was shipped out by the original equipment manufacturer many, many, many years or decades ago. Uh, we will get compressors that ran for 40 or 50 years uh, as a core to come in and be able to reutilize those and turn them into a new compressor 50 years later. So it's pretty, pretty neat uh, industry and pretty unique. Uh, there's very few industries like this uh, that we've come across. Some of your listeners may be familiar with uh, engine remanufacturing, like for cars and such. That is a, a big market out there as well. So we're very similar to that type of operation. Oh. And the price for purchasing a remanufactured compressor is comparable, better than OEM? Uh, typically uh, better. Um, okay. Not we're certainly not the cheapest guy on the block. Uh, sure. I will say there may be small little one-man shops in certain towns and cities that uh, they can take one or two a week and they'll rebuild, uh, take out the, the parts that need to be replaced and, and rebuild you a compressor. Um, but at our full-scale operation of able to completely remanufacture it, uh, I would say we are usually uh, 20 to 30% better than the original equipment manufacturer uh, wow. in the marketplace. So there is some price advantage, but we also have longer warranties. Uh, we also have full tech support and additional benefits that we can we can bring to the market as well. That's really cool. So I would imagine that a challenge you guys would have with the, re, the recycling component, sending in cores and so forth, is getting people to send in cores. Uh, what, what does that look like? <laughs> you are... You are very, uh, very astute there, Garrett. Um, <laughs> as we all know, recycling, even at a, a curbside level, is difficult for some cities to get buy-in and get uh, get people to uh, to commit to doing that and supporting the community. And and one thing that we have identified is even putting something, put it on a pallet and just call us when you're ready. It's hard to get people to, to commit to that. So that is a difficulty that we are continually grappling with. And this year, we set up a whole new department uh, in the company just to focus on course. That's all they do now. It's a new purchasing department that makes phone calls, calls scrap yards and scrap dealers across the country uh, and recycling centers too, so that they don't tear these down or send them through the uh, shredder and turn them into raw metal. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that way we can maintain a decent supply base of the materials that we need uh, before it turns into into scrap or mush or something that's not usable anymore. And so yeah. uh, it is something that uh, we are trying to figure out every avenue we can to improve those return rates. Uh, I know that that's something you and I've talked about on the yeah. e-commerce side and kind of flipping that uh, as a selling type of version, sell it to us instead of us selling something to to users as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
So that leads us right into my next question, you know, as, as it relates to e-commerce, uh, what percentage uh, of y'all's sales are currently over e-commerce? What are you aiming for? Wholesale versus retail? Like, what does that look like? Well, and, and that's something that we would always like to see more. I, I think there's many, many companies probably have a similar thought process there. Um, but we have a a very set in their ways customer base. Uh, that may be a good way to good way to state that. And so we uh, have a lot of um, old timers that just want to call us. That's fine. We'll gladly take your call. We have a lot of folks that still fax even sometimes. We get faxes from customers as well, uh, <laughs> including emails uh, that they send their orders in. And so e-commerce is something that we are are very cognizant of the next generation of mechanical contractor technicians, uh, the next generation of warehouse, excuse me, or wholesale uh, counter guys as well coming in. And they are much more attuned to the, use my phone, use my computer to find information, to utilize uh, for purchasing, et cetera. And so what we have found, um, the, the biggest benefit we're gaining on the website right now is, uh, information dis, uh, dissemination and being able to give people uh, quick access to that information so they don't have to call us. I mm-hmm. would I, I would say our order percentage is not what we'd like it to be. I mean, that's uh, as a digital e-commerce, let's call us a startup in that realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would like it to be better, obviously. We would like to see more business come through e-com. Uh, and, and we're finding the first steps in that path appear to be providing customers with the information they're looking for. What's the tracking number? When is my compressor going to get here? Hey, I want to send my core back. Where is the RMA number or the bill of lading? All of the details they need surrounding existing orders, we now have access for our customers to be able to to quickly self-service and find everything they need as they would experience or expect in any company these days uh, in the 21st 21st type century. So uh, that is where our adventure is beginning. Um, And one of our big projects right now, as you're fully aware of, is is taking our website and kind of looking at it from a compressor standpoint and revitalizing that for finding parts by compressor, uh, finding information by compressor. How much oil do I need to put in this compressor? I'll be able to do that quickly on the website. Hey, what was the part number 50 years ago versus which one should I be ordering today? That's another element that a lot of a lot of people call us for, and we have all that information. We're now populating that into uh, our digital realm so that customers can can find that much faster and quicker than waiting for a, a phone call or an email to come back to them. Yeah, building that knowledge base so folks uh, have kind of a one stop shop uh, to get the information that they need. Because I mean, there are hundreds of types of compressors, thousands. Um, a thousands would be a, a more accurate number. Okay. Um, the, the, let's rephrase that more. It's probably like a thousand versions of compressor item numbers, uh, because one thing the OEMs do, uh, over the years, uh, like I said earlier, some of these compressors could be 50, 60 years old. Well, that item number has evolved probably two or three times by the time it's, they need to replace it. And so they need to be able to jump from that old number all the way to the new number. And so that's something that we pride ourselves on and being able to capture that for all of the brands that we carry and offer. And so that's uh, something that is, is very important is, is finding that information, finding that data that customers need to know and putting it quickly at their fingertips. 
Yeah. So I've got to ask, uh, what lessons did you uh, bring over from uh, working with koi fish and <laughs> pumping maple syrup into the compressor industry? There has exactly. to be some connection there. You got, of course, you got to help of me with course. This well, uh, I would say all of those initial uh, interactions and, and uh, experiences are what led to my growth as a as a, a salesperson and being able to interact with the customer and and realizing uh, we don't want to be the car salesman. We don't want to be the uh, the the pushy guy, door to door salesman. Hey, you want solar panels on your roof? That seems to be the latest trend. At least I get at my house. Uh, okay. And so we want to be the knowledge broker. If, if we are the knowledge broker and we have what you need as quickly as we can get it to you, that's how we win in the, in the marketplace is being the, the quick response as well as having all the data and all the information. And we want to be your partner. That's the true goal here is, yeah, we may not get you 100% every single time, but if we're shooting an A uh, across the year, we're doing pretty good for our customers. And that's our yeah. goal uh, and, and to focus on those abilities. And so I would say that uh, I still remember my first um, training session as a as a newbie uh, back in the pond, Koi Pond days and such, and and uh, it was supposed to be an hour and a half session, uh, and I was so nervous, and I blew through those slides in about maybe 25, 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and probably spoke as fast as ever. But I realized since then that people, once you to succeed, people that partner with you and, and come to your sessions, they want to get information from you. Uh, and they, they, most humanity looks out for the best. I mean, we, we, we all want to see each other grow our businesses and improve each other. Uh, and that's what I've learned over the years is it's not necessarily the product you have, it's knowledge. And you can learn about different products. You can learn about uh, different activities in the marketplace. But but treating each other civilly and, and ensuring that uh, we have the, the information that they want quickly is the goal. Yeah. I like it. Uh, something that you and I have talked about in the past has been, uh, you know, y'all's sales team and the, the knowledge that they have, the experience that they have. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about the folks you have on on the team and how uh, their knowledge has helped keep uh, keep clients from them. Yeah, that's an exciting number um, that I've always been impressed with. When you look at the combined compressor knowledge across our, our team right now, it's over a thousand uh, a thousand years. When you add it all up, it's just nuts. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, and so, like I said, there's a lot of information in people's heads out there in our company. Some of our oldest employees have been in the industry 40 plus years. And so wow. they know what that number was 40 years ago. Most of us don't have a clue what that compressor number was. We have to go look at the data charts, look at the tables to figure that out. But having that much uh, inside knowledge and, and it, it gives us that ability. The, the problem we said, as we talked about, is we've got to extract that from their mind. And how do we get that digitally formatted? Uh, we have one of our our great tech support guys, Horace Park, has been with the company for, for CMP. He's been here since the A1 acquisition. He was one of the former owners in Atlanta there. Uh, and I love Horace to death. And he is the most important knowledge broker we have. He's our He goes out and does our classes, does our tech support. But when we ask for a set of information, 
he will handwrite it and send it over to us. And so it's, it's, we have to transpose that back to a digital yeah. format uh, to make it usable in, in the digital world that we live in today. And so it's a, a great example of that, that generational transition that's happening right now in this industry uh, and, and watching that occur. I think one of the biggest obstacles that we're hearing from the marketplace uh, and from the industry in general is going to be a big gap. We hear this in a lot of industries. We hear about the airline pilot industry in the next 10 years. We're going to be down so many thousands, tens of thousands of pilots. We're going to have the same problem in the refrigeration and the air conditioning market. They're predicting uh, around 30,000 uh, positions will be unfilled in the mechanical contractor uh, marketplace over the coming probably seven to 10 years. And that's a huge, oh. huge gap. Uh, and we need those folks out there to be able to ensure these systems keep running. And so something that we are looking at doing, uh, again, with getting all this knowledge digitized is partnering with the local community colleges and some of the technical schools uh, to help establish uh, those training programs. How do we get this knowledge uh, to the younger generation? And more importantly, how do we encourage them to take this and go down this path as a career? Yeah. Uh, there, there's there's huge opportunities here that we have to educate on, uh, and that's something that that we are looking forward to being part of and being able to help to uh, increase that knowledge base. Uh, maybe someday, you know, I'll create the the CMP certificate, and we'll have a nice big training program people can yeah. can go through online and be ready to go tackle the marketplace. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that that would be the uh, the big transfer. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I was never a career path that was presented to me uh, going going through school. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. So, rando question before we kind of wrap up here. Um, sure. How big is a compressor? How much <laughs> does it weigh? Like, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm asking this for the folks that are listening. I've had the benefit of being able to tour y'all's facility in uh, Stone Mountain, but um like describe one of these things <laughs> so uh, they can be tiny to fit in the palm of your hand to the size of a room um let's say a typical 10 by 10 bedroom perhaps and so there's a variety of sizes and models out there just like there are in most industries but the you've seen have probably heard of little mini split systems or yeah. small little refrigerators that you may have on your countertop those little it's college go back to school season so everybody sees mm -hmm. and target those little tiny refrigerators and those are itty bitty little compressors that will fit in your hand obviously you don't remanufacture those they're too small to too small and too in, uh, insignificant. There's not much value there to, to utilize that. Uh, but on the other end, the ones that we typically remanufacture, we're talking the size, maybe half of a pallet, a standard 30 by 30 pallet, for instance. Mm -hmm. And it weighs five to 700 pounds, depending on the model uh, yeah. that it is. And so the smallest one that we do regularly is about 150 pounds, a little small guy that goes into uh like ice cream coolers, uh, island mm -hmm. coolers at your grocery store, kind of in the middle of the floor, uh, individualized. So they don't, they're not on a master system. They're all set up just for the cooler, like in a, a gas station and such up to, um, what we call a screw compressor that could be the size of two pallets. Uh, if you can think of it that way. So it obviously weighs a few thousand pounds and those would end up, uh, in nuclear facilities or on ships or bigger environments that need, uh, uh, convention centers that need a lot of refrigeration needs, a lot of cooling or demand. So quite a variety of, 
uh, of change uh, that we have to go through on a daily basis of what do we need to build because there's so many options to build. So based on yeah. the open order account, we're setting production schedules. Uh, regularly updating those is probably the, the best way to say that. <laughs> That's cool. That's really wild, man. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate it. Um, tell uh, the folks that uh, will be listening how they can learn more about CMP, the education piece of it. Um, maybe they need compressors. I don't know. Exactly. How, hey, How can they get in touch with you? If they're sweating listening to this, we will gladly talk to them about getting their AC <laughs> or their refrigeration going again. But yeah, our website is a great place to start. Uh, go to, to CMP Corp, cmpcorp.com. Uh, and you can start kind of hunting around and you'll find resource pages there with uh, educational videos with our uh, aforementioned Horace Park uh, is our star in some of those. Uh, we've got uh, new content that's getting added constantly, uh, like the new oil quantity charts. We've had a lot of phone call questions and we take our FAQs and then decide what's going to be the next uh, informational bit that we create for the website and such. And so uh, that's probably the best spot. We also have signups out there to, uh, to get technical uh, training set up. If you'd like Horace to come out and visit, we just finished a, a round of trainings with one of our grocery store customers uh, up in the North um, Midwest central region up there, up in Michigan uh, and just got them all of their contractors and all of their techs trained uh, the Horace Park methodology, the CMP way. And so lots of good feedback that comes from those. Uh, and I'd say those are probably the two best best ways. You can always reach out to us as well at sales at uh, cmpcorp.com uh, or our, our phone number as well. So just our, our standard um, standard number on the website works. So plenty of ways to find us. Uh, and we'd certainly love to talk to anybody that uh, needs help with their cooling system or just any uh, any comments in general we'll chat with you too so uh always always enjoyable working with you too garrett and all the help you all give right, us on I our website it. i appreciate it so much thank you thank you andy uh my name is garrett massey thank you so much for joining us today on e-commerce connector and look forward to uh speaking to you guys next time thank you for joining us on e-commerce connector this show is brought to you by polyglot labs a web and software development firm which provides digital solutions to drive growth for e-commerce innovators. For more information, go to polyglotlabs.com.